We acknowledge and pay respect to the land and the traditional families of the Yugambeh region of southeast Queensland and to their elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to remind listeners that we are recording on stolen land and sovereignty has never been ceded. Welcome to Revolting Women. This is an independent podcast brought to you by four independent women. It's time to rethink, rebel and revolt. So, what do you think about the patriarchy? Do you want to destroy it? Welcome back to episode three of Revolting Women. Uh, Thanks so much for all of your feedback on the last episode. It was awesome to see everyone's responses and to see a bit of the discourse change in regard to people's opinions of Amber Heard, I guess. I think I saw a bit of a change. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's the bubble we're in, Sass. Mm, Yeah, I guess the echo chamber. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it was cool to see how similar everybody thought about the about it in the end. But yeah, um, well, this episode we have a bit of a different uh, topic today, um, kind of segueing off what we were speaking about at the end of the last episode. We actually have decided to do it this time instead of just talk about it. <laughs> but unfortunately, we don't have Ruby here today with us. Miss you. Um, she has hurt her foot and had surgery for it today. Sending her so much love. Yeah, yeah. send her lots quick of love. Quick recovery. Yeah, quick recovery. Mm. Fingers crossed. Instead, we have a lovely guest who will be joining us shortly. Uh, we will introduce her in a second. She has come to share her experience of porn addiction. And so um, before we get into it, we just wanted to give a little background on the topic just because porn as a topic is such a huge ginormous topic in general and we don't want to be too nebulous about it so we will begin with a brief intro into porn as a whole and then porn addiction in more detail too so to begin with what is porn um porn is obviously short for pornography and it is the portrayal of sexual subject matter sorry (laughs) sexual subject matter for the exclusive purpose of sexual arousal and there are obviously different types of porn and it can come in many different sorts of media, including magazines, um, animation, writing, film, video, uh, video games, all that type of stuff. And generally, there is um, a difference between uh, ethical porn and then non-ethical porn. But we'll get into detail of that in later in the episode. So obviously, the there are d- many different positives and negatives of porn. So obviously some of the positives are for pleasure, intimacy with partners, sexual del- self-discovery and connection with your body. But then there's obviously the uh, other side of porn, which is the negatives can include addiction, isolation, increased aggression, distorted beliefs and perceptions about relationships and sexuality and negative feelings about themselves and neglecting other areas of our lives. So porn addiction in particular is our episode topic today. And so I will just quickly give a definition of porn addiction. So porn addiction refers to a person becoming emotionally dependent on pornography to the point that it interferes with their daily life, relationships and ability to function. But generally over 
from, I guess, the research that I've done about it, it is, there's mixed definitions about it. It's incredibly under-researched and there is contentions in the research about its existence in general or other things like that. But generally, I guess this really shows that the need for stories like our guests today. So we will now introduce our guest, Mina. <laughs> Hi, Mina. How's Hi. Okay? This is um, really fucking awesome. I'm so confused and thrilled and scared. Yeah. But I'm excited. The perfect emotions to be on Revolting Women. Mm, yeah. Pretty Definitely. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll give a quick introduction about Mina. So Mina Cannon, um, she is a 25-year-old politically charged feminist musician and <laughs> paralegal. She has completed a Cert 3 and is currently studying a Cert 4 and works full-time for a legal firm on the Gold Coast on Yugamba country. She is originally from Tasmania, however, has mainly grown up, grown up in the southern Gold Coast and northern New South Wales, where she lives now. She also drums for a Brisbane-based garage rock slash punk band, oh. Void, who we love <laughs> so much. Best band ever. <laughs> uh, getting shy. Shout out to all of the Void members too. We love them all. Mm-hmm. And um, they will be on the podcast yeah. very yes. soon. We'll yeah. see you soon. I miss them so much. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's been like a week. <laughs> it's fine. That's like us with each other too. It's been like four <laughs> days and we're like, I miss you. I know. And so Void have just finished their tour of Australia. You can listen to their music on Spotify or other music streaming services and buy their merch on their online store too. They have a new single coming out this year, so keep your eyes open for that or your ears, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I met Mina seven years ago when I was 16, buying an old drum kit of her. She was friends with one of my older friends at the time and being two years older than me, I really looked up to her and thought she was so cool. She has definitely been one of my biggest inspirations to stand up for what's right and do so unapologetically. <laughs> she is ridiculously intelligent, very well-spoken, and I am excited for everyone to listen to this conversation with her today about this topic. Hope <laughs> all of that comes across in the podcast. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous. I don't know how well-spoken I'm going to be. No way. You're doing awesome already. I love your voice. I can mm. hear myself like awesome. um, my dehydrated lips just <laughs> smacking. I've got some Nivea on. I've got Nivea here if you want it. I, oh, you don't, I don't want to touch stuff. But. I have lip balm, but I didn't put it um, I didn't put oh. it on, and now I feel like it's maybe the moment has passed. No, the moment's here. <laughs> you can do Thank it. Fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you swear on the pod? Everyone stock yeah, up on the lip balm. We, we can it's also cold. swear on the podcast. I'm pretty sure oh, under 18s. Oh, I don't even. Who's not allowed to listen to swearing? Under 14? Children, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Not sure. I, I don't know for a fact kids swear, so yeah. when is that going to be? I don't think we have any children thing. listening to our podcast. Either. And if you do, you're awesome. I think, should, yeah. Yeah. I think children should listen to the podcast because it's... um. Can we get it in schools? It's educational. <laughs> oh, please. Porn addiction in schools, actually, that would be super important. Yeah. It would be important, but they'd have to actually teach sexual education first. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> so, mm. you Just know, maybe straight steps. into porn addiction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Your banana over the with the condom and the oh god fucking traumatizing. Yeah, it's fine. The healthy Harold, <laughs> healthy Harold. Didn't that that went a bit sideways, didn't it? I think Did that, so. I th- I'm thinking of Barney. Oh, oh yeah, no, no Barney, Barney turned out to be a predator. Fucked. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Oh, damn. What happened to those kids on that set? Yeah, fucked up. Yeah, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much for being with us here today, Mina. So you're obviously a very politically outspoken, and your band itself has very strong feminist messages. Mm-hmm. So, what drove you to be so passionate about these topics? Probably life experience. Mm. You know, um, I mean, I'm the only female 
um I worded that wrong I have two <laughs> brothers <laughs> so and you know I grew up in like a male-dominated household pretty much because my mom was always away um so I guess just my experiences being around so many men beep the word men out <laughs> rather people not hear the word men than hear a swear word um but I don't know just growing up I feel like that's a very like universal experience though I feel like we kind of find that path on our own Mm. to be like you know what I fucking hate this Mm. I'm gonna turn to feminism so I don't feel so shit Mm. so probably that totally yeah I feel like you just start seeing the world around you especially when you're younger even just being treated differently to your brothers or other dudes in your life and then or when you get that kind of political awareness especially during high school you're just like why is this happening to me? Like, this yeah. sucks. You Why suck. are my brothers being treated differently than me? Oh, like, yeah. What is that? What's the... Even within, make um, sense? even within my family, you know, I grew up, like, my brothers and I, we don't have the same father. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, like, my stepdad's side of the family would treat them different. Mm. Um, so it was a it was a whole fucking thing. Um, but as you said, Sass, yeah, it's definitely a universal experience growing up and being like, why am I being mm. treated so differently? Mm-hmm. And then you start to talk to your female peers and realise that it's just a shared experience that, unfortunately, you have to go through. Mm, sure. Yeah, totally. Isn't that depressing? It is. It is. It is. It's so depressing. <laughs> That's what makes us angry. Makes us exactly. politically charged. So. Amen. Yeah, so the topic today is obviously about porn. Mm-hmm. And we've all spoken to you privately about your experiences with porn addiction. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Yes. Well, so I did mention this when we were speaking privately about it before we recorded the pod, but I was shown porn at a pretty young age. I think I was about 14. Um, and I was dating a guy at the time who was like a couple of years older than me. And he showed me porn for the first time. And at first, I think I was really confused because he was my second sexual partner. Um, And I was kind of, I just remember thinking, why is he showing this to me? Mm. I'm very confused by this. Um, And it was really graphic and it was pretty brutal. Um, And that was my first experience actually watching it. And then it just snowballed into this thing where he would put it on while we would be getting intimate. Mm. And he would be like, you should do this. You should fucking (gasps) bend that way. The fucking lawn chair. Um, (laughs) And yeah, again, just the snowball effect of like watching it with him and then I would start watching it by myself. Um, it set out a really, like, negative precedent of, oh, so this is what I'm meant to be doing. Because mm. the first time I slept with someone, it was not like that at all. <laughs> um, my first boyfriend was amazing. The second one, not so much. So I just thought, well, if I have to do this for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to start probably paying attention. I treated it like study almost. So I started watching it when I was at home, when I was alone. Um, and I'd watch it like every fucking day. I'd watch it multiple times a day. Um, and it wasn't even about the arousal itself. I was more so just like watching not even just what other people did, but how they looked mm. Um, mm. in all So you wouldn't even phrase. masturbate by, while watching it or things I, like that? or Well, I did at first. Um, mm. And then I started to... I would just catch myself just like not even like just hands off of my body, just watching it pretty wow. intently um, and not really feeling any arousal towards it. I was just watching it because I was trying to find out what my sexual life is going to be mm, um, yeah. for the rest of my life while I am having having um, intercourse with people. 
So, yeah, it started to get pretty bad. When you were that age, did you talk to anyone? Did you have friends that you could talk to about this? No, no, not at all because I think that was the point in, I guess, when you're like 14, 15, Mm. you're a young teenager. Even just being a female and masturbating is like weird. Yeah, you know, so stigmatized back then. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's stigmatized now. Yeah, people are like, oh, you don't touch yourself. Uterus? Do you do that? Mm. Yeah, like that's a male thing to masturbate. Um, so when I did masturbate while I was watching it, there was always that thing in the back of my head that's like, fuck, should I be doing this? Mm. (laughs) I don't know if this is for. Is this a girl thing? Is this for me? Yeah, should I be doing this? I don't know. I kind of don't fucking like it. But obviously that changed with age. We'll get onto that. Um, but, yeah, one thing I didn't mention while we were speaking about it in private because I thought I'd save it for the pod is that I realised that as I kept watching it, I started to get bored and I kept going to watch more, like, graphic, brutal videos, mm. um, cutting out the storyline, just going straight to, like, you know, like compilations and stuff like that. And the shit that I was seeing, I don't think any 14-year-old should be watching this. Yeah, um, But because of the reinforcement of my partner at the time being like, yeah, that's hot. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck yeah. But then I started to realise the more that I'd watch it and the more aggressive that the acts got, I started to not feel arousal. I'd feel like aggression almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd get really, I'd almost get like just frustrated. And then if I was to touch myself, I would be like really, really rough with myself. And I didn't really understand why. Mm. But I would go fucking crazy. And mm. then you took that to your partners as well? Was that what yeah. you then expected from partners and they expected from you? Or? Yeah, well, again, with the negative precedent of what porn sets is that I expected it, but mm. they already expected it. I expected mm. it because I was watching what I was online. Yeah, They've been watching that shit for years. Yeah, That is what sex is. Mm. So I wouldn't even question it. Mm. Be like, oh, I'm going to get choked. I'm going to get slapped. You know, I had one incident where a dude literally punched me in the back of my head <gasps> while we were having sex, like, from behind. Um, and I didn't say anything. I was just like, okay, mm, yeah, mm, sure. That's so different, I think, mm. to, uh, like, a lot of girls' experiences because I think a lot of younger boys watch porn, whereas I think a lot of girls get their uh, experiences from romantic movies where exactly. it's really slow and sensual. And mm. so I think that was even my experience. Like, mm. when I first started to have sex was when it was so, like, different from that, I was in utter shock. So it's interesting to hear your story and how you went straight into that with that expectation and then kept taking that to the next level with your partners. Well, my... He's never going to listen to this. It's fine. I can say it. But my um, my stepdad did have a lot of porn stuff around the house. He had, like, Mm -hmm. magazines and shit like that. Obviously, it wasn't intended that we would see it. um, But I'm... I'm nosy. But so, every, uh, every kid yeah, is. Every Everyone kid is. is, exactly, yeah. yeah. So kids I, know everything. <laughs> yeah, kids do know everything. Um, we've all looked in our mother's nightstand drawer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> it's fine. But, like, I would just find it and there would be, like, you know, interviews and stuff. I don't remember what the magazines were, mm. um, but it was, like, interviews with porn stars and they'd be like, what's your favourite thing to do? And they'd be like, I love anal. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is anal? What is that? Um I guess it just normalises it from such a young age as well. Yeah. yeah, and because, again, it's so normal for men. Yeah. The fact that it was, you know, everywhere all around, like, their room and stuff, I wasn't like, ew, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I don't know, men, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I definitely wasn't surprised seeing it, but I guess it's been sprinkled all throughout um, my life. Yeah. I suppose. 
Um, and with like sexual acts like anal, like there is so much more preparation that people need to go through before so doing more. it. So and when you're just more. reading a magazine that says that, you're like, oh, okay. So you just do it? Yeah. Is that, no. Is that it? <laughs> it, it's always meant to, like it looks enjoyable mm. to an extent. But the thing that is so damaging about watching porn, again, especially at a young age when you're in like your developing years, um, you realize that in a lot of, you know, rough anal scenes or like DP scenes and stuff like that, they're visibly not enjoying it. And that's the point. Mm, So that's where it started to get more fucked up because, again, they looked like they were fucking hating it. But the dude was loving it. So Mm. who gives a fuck what the female was thinking? Mm. You know, she was like, oh, that hurts. Keep going. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Okay. But in your 14-year-old mind, you would have seen that probably and been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's how it's meant to go. I'll just have to push through. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that you always have to push through because that's what the man wants and you can't. It just takes away the whole idea of what sex actually is supposed to be, which is about consensual pleasure, mutual pleasure between everyone involved. You don't see them talking (laughs) at the start. So do you want to do this? Yeah. (laughs) And then there's, you know, there's so much porn that's built around like, you know, degradation, Mm. especially of women, obviously, because most porn is like that. Mm. It's just based on the sexual satisfaction of the man and the degradation and just how inhumane you can make the woman seem in the scene. Um, And that's the basis of the appeal, which is why I guess I disregarded myself a lot in my early sex life because I didn't, I just didn't think it was a thing. Mm. I really did not. Everyone's getting their sexual cues from Mm. these behaviors. And then there's no conversation, there's no preparation, there's no anything before Mm. that. And I guess that would have been super hard because you're just like, with your your boyfriend, how Mm. long were you together for? We were together for, I think, just under a year. Okay. Um, and that went pretty pretty haywire. Yeah. He'll never listen to this episode either. Like, this <laughs> is such an interesting take as well because listening to this now as well, even when I first heard your story, like, when I thought of porn addiction, I thought of it so differently to, like, even how you've come mm. to explain it. This mm. is really, that's all I'm, yeah. this is really interesting. Yeah. And, like, but, like, compared to what, say, yeah, even... Like, because most people like porn is em- empowering for women because they can watch it. And then some porns, I guess, like that. But it's just even when it's empowering, it can sometimes the way it's made or become disempowering when you mm. get too, too obsessed or too into it or, or yeah. too worried about the way you look or, or the way, way you're acting within it, I think. I definitely yeah, totally. agree. And I definitely think for context setup that this definitely is not in regards to the whole anti-porn thing, which yeah. I do think that that aligns with me. This is nothing to do with sex workers Mm. because a big thing that made me realize I should not be consuming porn, at least like this, so heavily is that I started to find out how sex workers, especially female sex workers, um, male, like gay sex workers, how they were treated, trans sex workers, Mm. the disgusting amount of degradation that trans sex workers go through because they can think they're filming a scene and then what's the tagline? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say it because it makes me fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to get cancelled. We don't <laughs> so, believe in cancel culture. No. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I just saw how that they were being treated showing up to a scene with someone that is, they have a no list. Mm. So act- actors and actresses that they don't want to work with, they can show up to a scene. That actor is there. Mm. And they're doing a scene, you know, they're thinking they're just going to do vaginal penetration. It's going to be 10 minutes, whatever. And they can go there someone on the no list and it's a brutal like DP scene or something like that. 
And they would, I think I read this from um, an article with Jenna Jameson, who um, she was very popular in, uh, she might still be popular. I don't fucking know anything anymore about (laughs) porn, so I'm not sure. But she was pretty much saying that you just have to do it, otherwise you don't get paid. Mm. And the exploitation, especially with survival sex work, is just disgusting. The complete lack of regard and respect for Mm. these people that deserve to be saved for their jobs are being completely disregarded because, for one, if they're noticeably uncomfortable in the scene and they're in pain, the views are skyrocketing Mm. because that's what men want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And that supply and demand for that is Mm -hmm. just astronomical. And that is obviously the difference between, I guess, ethical and non-ethical porn is that obviously what you were just talking about is people are rocking up to these shifts and if you don't say yes, you'll do it, they're just going to move on to the next person. Mm, You need that money to get paid as a sex worker. But then you obviously have the other side of that, the, the ethical porn that goes on. And you do pay for it, but there's just not the same industry there because yeah. this unethical side is just so unregulated and it, it's just mm. they can get away with this. Yeah. And it's free to consume. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. people don't want to, like, fuck's sake, if you're going to consume porn, pay for your porn. Yeah. Pay, pay for your porn. porn. Pay for the sex workers that yeah. are literally putting in overtime to yeah. make sure that you have, like, your sexual satisfaction. It's a multi-billion dollar global industry that even in 2006 it grossed over $7 billion in profits, which was higher than Amazon or Microsoft, Google, eBay, Yahoo and Netflix combined. Wow. And then, and then by the year of 2025 they're thinking that virtual reality porn will be one of the highest grossing ways of wow. like using porn as well. Which and is just shocking. Terrifying. And where is all that money going? Yeah, like, it's exactly. not going to the sex workers who are making this. Yeah. Fuck no. Like... Mm. That's what makes it so frustrating is because, you know, people are taking the easy route to just consume free porn and mm. they're not even thinking about the workers that are actually going to the scenes and putting in the effort and yeah. getting injured. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this, but that's, to me, just makes me realise that people that do consume porn so heavily, especially on a free website, they're not considering these people as people yeah. that deserve to be fucking paid for their time. which is just ridiculous to Mm, me. Definitely. So you spoke about how you got into this, I guess, this addiction started with your first, um, your second partner, sorry. Yeah. Was this taken into future relationships? And I guess, when did you realise that you had an addiction? And I guess, how did you come to terms with this as well? Well, this is um, definitely TMI, but this is a safe space, so it's fine. Um, It definitely did get taken into future relationships with me and the way that I would sleep with my partners. And just it had the same like reoccurring brutal theme where I was the do whatever you want to me girl, which is very scary to think about. Because, again, I was a teenager. I was a young teenager and putting my body through things that definitely should not be happening. But I guess I came to terms with the addiction because I did start feeling the need to masturbate in like public spaces or if I was with friends, I would have to go to the bathroom and stuff like that because I'd be bored and I wouldn't know how to like. Mm. counteract that boredness because I just equated any sort of feeling of nothingness with, well, clearly I have to get off. Wow. Um, Mm. Which is ridiculous because, you know, I'm out to dinner with people. (laughs) I should not have to be like, excuse me, guys. And, yeah, again, just being at such a young age and being like, oh, this is probably not normal because none of my friends are doing this. How did you feel about it? Did you have shame? The thing is I felt shame. This is another thing that just makes me realize how fucked up all this is, is that I felt shame, but that was a good thing. 
I felt mm. embarrassed. I felt degraded. Like I was partaking in my own degradation sexually mm. because I would like get off and then be like, that's disgusting. Awesome. Cool. That's great. And I would tell people about these things and I would expect them to be saying like, cool guy. Um, but mm. instead they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, And your sexual partners, were they ever questioning what that kind of entailed? Like were they okay with doing these things without even compromising or communicating it? Because mm, I guess a lot yeah. of other um, women that they were sleeping with were probably not in that same mindset as you. Yeah, yeah that's the thing that also appealed to me is that because I knew that other women weren't doing what I was doing, that was very much so my basis of appeal because mm. I would do pretty much anything. Um, and I wouldn't question it either because questioning takes you out of the moment. Mm. So I would just be like, I don't give a fuck. Just do whatever. But my other sexual partners, they didn't, they never said anything about it. They thought it was awesome, mm. which is again, why I was like, clearly this is a good thing. Yeah. Very mm. much so not. Yeah, I just kept keeping reinforcing that over and over again. Yeah. yeah. It was reinforced in so many different ways, which is why I never saw it as a problem mm. because I never got any like negative feedback. I never had someone say, I actually don't want to do that mm. to you or with you. It was always, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Porn. I'm going to do that. Exactly. I had, I had an experience with someone that was like, I think I saw them again for the first time since that sexual experience years on. I think I was maybe 20. And this sexual experience happened probably when I was around like 16. And I saw them like four years later. Uh, they were obviously very drunk and they brought up that experience and pretty much said that it was the best time of their life. Oh. And I realized, I remembered what what he was referring to um, and I, I just thought, that's so fucking weird. Also, he was there with his girlfriend. <gasps> oh. Let me also just say, he was there with, with his girlfriend and I'm like, you probably shouldn't think about a past sexual experience, for one, with anyone else that's not your monogamous partner, but also when they were 16. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Really strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, it was at your detriment and it was yeah. harmful and yeah. put you in a very compromised situation. And, and by this age, 20, were you had you come to this realisation that what you're doing was wrong or were you still yeah. in this mindset? I luckily was not in that mindset anymore, Yeah, which is why my reaction was just, okay, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So what? how long did that addiction last for you? Um, it probably lasted up until I was around 18. Okay. Um, but I started to just veer more into feminism because I didn't even, I didn't really pay that much. I remember listening to your episode on like liberal feminism and, you know, how the whole female empowerment, but also the detriment of females, mm. you know, being like, so many oh, other women. Is great fucking yeah mm-hmm. um that's the kind of feminism that i was to like veering towards while i was growing up because i've oh, always definitely i've always All been this way too, I think. Yeah, yeah i've always been that way so i thought you know porn is just the natural segue of female empowerment so mm. i was just thinking yeah this is sick and then i started to find more like different levels of feminism that were like highlighting the issues of the porn industry especially the free porn industry because mm. i never had a problem with paid platforms yeah but I never used paid platforms because I didn't know that was an option for sure mm. and you're a teenager you're poor <laughs> yeah exactly I'm fucking poor I'm working at food works yeah. dude I can't even afford a rotisserie chicken <laughs> like I'm not I'm not 
throwing stacks on my fucking favorite sex workers or anything like that. Yeah, I just thought that the whole like mainstream feminism just wasn't working for me. And also by that time, I started to just notice my body changing and the effects that having so much rough intercourse um, and using, you know, sex as a form of self-harm, mm. what that was doing to my body. And, you know, I just kind of took the liberty of actually educating myself um, and seeing, you know, all different sorts of platforms online. I was using Google like a motherfucker, just like reading up on shit. And then, yeah, I just, I pulled myself out of it really fast. Like, I don't think there was a moment where I was kind of like, I need to stop right now. And then I stopped and it was cold turkey. I think I just started actually doing some research and I just got really upset because I started to listen to experiences of sex workers getting sexually assaulted on sets, nothing happening. You can probably still find those videos on Pornhub, which is sickening. Uh, People that have had revenge porn Mm. or child pornography even Mm. leaked on Pornhub and it not getting taken down and they're monetizing it. And this person is begging for it to get taken down. Nothing's happening. And I just started to feel really gross. And I was like, am I watching someone be assaulted right now? Because I can't fucking do that. Because mm. while you're not paying for it directly, obviously the traffic. Mm. That the, the traffic the pages, makes the ads. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That like make the ads and stuff. And you can't skip porn ads. Mm. Also, they they were really funny. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Mid porn. <laughs> like there's a mom like three blocks from me right now that wants it. This is crazy. Mm. Um, so I wasn't <laughs> flicking past any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it was a conscientious thing of I... I would never want to play into that and how problematic that is to just be wanking to someone getting abused yeah, and being like, well, this is sick. Do you think men think that way? No. 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 That's the know. awful part as well is like if you're so desensitised from seeing it on a computer screen or your phone or whatever and not yeah. even desensitised if you're aroused from it or if you don't even like critically look further and think, oh, this is abuse. Yeah. And then mm. they think this is what sex is if you don't have the sex yeah. education and then one thing leads, leads to another and that's how yeah. they're acting in these situations. It is really scary. And I was going to mention this before um, that when I said that when I would watch it and I realised I was experiencing more so aggression than I was arousal. There was a study, don't know what year it was because my brain is numb, Um, (laughs) but there is a study that was monitoring the activity of the brain while men were watching porn. And I think that was the, probably the scariest thing to me, realizing that throughout these studies, a lot of people were experiencing the parts of the brain lighting up for sexual arousal, but also a big part of your brain is for aggression Mm. and and anger. Mm. That's so scary. Mm, It is. (laughs) To think that when someone's having sex with you, you're not getting passion, you're getting aggression and that they want to hurt you. Um, And if you, you know, tell someone to stop or say that something's hurting, that just makes it better. That's so scary. Mm. Yeah, totally. No one should experience that. It's really fucked up. Well, people are dying from it. It wasn't that long ago that Mm -hmm. we stumbled across this post that says that X amount of people are dying from accidental chokings like during sex and that's an influence from porn. Porn and also a lack of education Mm. because people think when you're meant to choke someone, you're meant Mm. to literally just like wrap your arm, like your hand around the neck and just 
go for it. Like you're not trying to block off the airways. You're trying to block the blood vessels. Mm. That's the thing is that if you are actually educated, because when I say no one wants to experience aggression during sex, that is a lie. Um, but mm. these are people with kinks and fetishes. Yeah. But you have to be safe. You can't just watch porn and go, cool, I'm going to do that. For one, you need a partner that is just as enthused. But also you need a slew of things like education on how to choke someone properly. Yeah. So yeah. you don't fucking kill them. Yeah. I feel like that's the bare minimum. I literally um, even have done that in my life as a yeah. younger person, mm. being uneducated and kind of acting in those ways because I thought that's kind of what was expected of me I suppose and yeah I definitely regret that and I'm so grateful for educating myself further and definitely want to talk about it with people if I'm going to do that again because you can have fun with it that's the thing Mm. is that you can have fun with those sorts of acts you just have to know what you're doing to ensure the safety of yourself and your partner for sure and or your partners like you know you don't have to just go absolutely ham on someone um and that's another thing is that if you're not worried about the safety of whoever you're sleeping with, where does that come from? Yeah, why are you sleeping with them then? Exactly. And why are you so not concerned mm-hmm. about that safety, you know? Because I've had someone choke me before. This is, again, back in the day when I was very porn obsessed. Like, I had an experience where a guy choked me so hard that I passed out. And when I woke up and came to, I had, like, a ring of, like, just, like, busted, uh, what are they called? Google, what's the word for when you bust veins in your neck? Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was literally just a ring around my neck. I wore a turtleneck for like three fucking weeks. Also, this dude was significantly older than me, and mm-hmm. this sexual act occur- occurred in a public space. Mm. Um, and again, did I have a problem with that? No. Mm, because well, you'd be, de- like, desensitized. I thought it was awesome. I mm. thought it was so cool. I could. It's fine. Do you feel like this there. is, like, adhering to the male gaze? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because it's, I guess that's definitely the more extreme, but even, you know, not having body hair or mm. having like a perfect pussy. Tiny little pink pussy. Mm. Um, <laughs> which is racist, but I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole other fucking topic. But I'll digress. But yeah, I definitely do think that that's all catering to the male gaze because mm. men don't see us as human beings. They see us as sexual objects. Yeah, that's really concerning as well. And Unfortunately, like even the research that I found, a study has found that almost eight out of ten young women say pornography has led to pressure on girls or young women to look a certain way. Like this is a very common thing and I think this is how it ties into patriarchy of controlling women in a different form Mm. and if you're doing it in a way where it's quite secretive as well, like kids as young as 12 or younger are finding their way onto porn sites and because they're keeping it from their parents because there's this stigma around sex and Mm. not wanting to talk about it, they find these videos that are at the detriment of someone else or they're sexualising someone Mm. or racially stereotyping people, being transphobic, like there is a whole array of things that people are doing while watching it and they're not even realising. That's so sad. Parents, please talk to your kids about sex. Mm. Please just talk to them about sex. It's not that fucking scary. Just talk to them about it. And it's not going to make them watch it. Like they're already watching it. exactly. They're already watching it. Why don't you pull that up and be like, that's not okay. You can't be doing that. This is a show. This is an act. This is not real life. They're actors, Mm -hmm. you know. They're being paid to be there. Yeah. Like, Mm. yeah, well, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) 
Fuck, yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some cases they're not, and that's why it's so important, I think, as one of our biggest messages even coming from this episode is to pay for your porn. Mm-hmm. Even going into any of those big websites that a majority, majority are free, it's, it is like pushing what we're talking about mm. is that drive like for them to, what is it, the internet traffic, yeah? Mm. Yeah, yeah. like statistics well and like the numbers. The, clicks, yeah, the, the, the traffic clicks. and the clicks, like that yeah. is just like driving this machine and yeah. the machine's not going to stop until we tell it to stop yeah. and show yeah, it that exactly. we don't want it anymore. Yeah. We'll like, list yeah. some ethical porns in the description as well. So yeah. um, yeah. really it's easier good. for you to find even though you could just do, Google it. Yeah. Go on only, OnlyFans. Like. Yeah, go on OnlyFans and pay someone that's doing it independently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did mention that uh, Four Chambers is a really good website. I uh, love Four Chambers. Four, thank you. Yes. I knew someone would know Four Chambers. <laughs> Erica Lust. See, yes. See, I tried to. I tried to go back to consuming porn ethically, like a few years ago or something. Um, and I found Four Chambers, but I did, I wasn't even watching it. I was just like, this is fucking beautiful. <laughs> I'm not even like, like the shots. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is like a movie. And um, Andy, who plays in a band called Thou, actually does the scoring for Four Chambers, um, which is amazing. Thou are a really good doom metal band. It's cool. Cool. Um, but I'll steer away from that topic. But, <laughs> yeah, I but I, I kind of fell off with even just ethical porn consumption because it's just not something I need anymore. Yeah. Um, but you can dip your feet back in. I don't think if you struggle with something, um, you should just go call Turkey and that's, you know, you should be able to, if you feel like you're at the point where you can go back into it, you can dabble. It's fine. For mm. sure. Because porn, you don't have to feel guilty for watching porn. It I think. Exists. But we are, yeah, exactly. I just think that we're adult enough to understand that we do have to take responsibility in what we consume. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, everyone just has a good experience as well. Like, I think if I had sex with a dude that was so, like, hell-bent on watching porn all the time, if I had a sexual experience with a dude like that ever again, it wouldn't even, well, it wouldn't happen for one. <laughs> I would leave. I, I think would, everyone should leave. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was, I'm just going to repeat myself, but I was sleeping with a guy and we were doing it from behind, whatever. Um, and this is, like, one of the first moments I realized I just really did not like um, what I was watching anymore. And this dude said to call him daddy and I turned I literally turned around like the baby doll on toy story my head went like a 180 and I just was like no <laughs> dead silent dead silent bitch we didn't even finish Mood it killer. was like okay Ugh. yeah so gross though yes yeah. ask you beforehand also I don't like my dad I don't want to fuck him <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> like I'm not gonna do that for you babes yeah. but also we can talk about it beforehand mm-hmm. try to have a conversation with someone before we slept together for the first time asking what they liked and I got told I was killing the mood oh are yeah. we not all here to have a good time and get off yeah or am I here because I'm a body and yeah. then I'm gonna leave an object my uber's already outside before I've even finished <laughs> if I if finish, finish which is not my god that was not not often in my life Mm. I don't think it is for a lot of people the with vaginas. The orgasm gap. <laughs> mm. Orgasm yeah, gap is, is wide. Yep. A lot of that comes from porn as well because yeah. a lot of the women don't finish in porn. Yeah. Exactly. Or if they do, they sound like shrieking people. Yeah. <laughs> that noise. Mm. Oh, my God. That's a whole other subject. We're moaning loud and... Daddy. So, but daddy. Moaning. moaning loud. No body hair. Mm. Skinny. Short. Yeah. Pedophilia, bro. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I could stem off of this for it so is. long. So literally, that's a yeah. whole nother fucking it thing. It really is, but we don't have time for that. But 
Yes. Let's jump to the next mm. question. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I feel like you've already kind of touched on this, but how has like the the addiction side of it impacted your sex life and other parts of your life? I think it definitely impacted my sex life. Um just in general, because I it took me so long to realize what I actually liked. Because again, I was just going off of whatever I was seeing and whatever looked good. And I think I really robbed myself of having um, a sexual, uh, like a sexual experience after experience where I'm like having fun. And instead, I just was just kind of there doing like the thousand yard stare that men seem to love so much. <laughs> um, and I think that really sucks. I don't think anyone should be robbed of a good healthy sex life Mm -hmm. even if you're that age if you're going to start having sex at that age you should at least be finding out what you like Mm, and having it yeah enjoying it if not enjoying it at least going in those steps to finding your orgasm yeah exactly and like exploring and having the comfortability for one to be a female that comes um and also a female that enjoys sex Mm. because that's another thing that's spoken about is that women aren't really meant to like sex Mm. what the fuck is is the point What is the point? Well, if you even look at, I guess, lesbian dynamics in like with with sex, it's so different. Like the orgasm gap literally fucking closes. Yeah, and you just do not have the same issue. And so I think this is an issue of men's overconsumption of unethical porn and Mm. not seeking out women's pleasure and finding it. And it's you can see that it's definitely leads back to patriarchy dude half most cis men don't even know where the clitoris is Mm -hmm. that is so embarrassing they don't even know can we actually talk about how embarrassing and they watch so much porn yeah Yeah, Yeah. but the clit never gets touched (laughs) they literally get just like like i i remember watching a video and a dude literally is just straight up palming the clit (gasps) and i'm like what the fuck sir what is happening like clearly that's wrong I mean I didn't know much but I knew that was fucking wrong <laughs> that um, can't be right <laughs> no I was what is happening uh, looks like you're washing a car <clears throat> my god um that's exactly what it is it's yeah, like just, <laughs> it's just reversing a car mm. um but I guess like I'm trying to keep my answers concise because mm. it is such a massive thing mm. of how porn did ex- affect my sex life but I think stopping my consumption of porn affected my sex life for the better because then I actually started to have fun. Yeah. And that is what is important about having sex is having fun, feeling safe. And also it was easier for me to detect, this is a big one, detecting if I am in a situation sexually where I am unsafe. Mm. And instead of staying there and putting up with it, it Mm. gave me the knowledge to be like, oh, I have to get the fuck out of here, which is something I didn't have when I was younger Mm. because boundaries are not there to be crossed I don't have any yeah Um, but yeah as soon as I got educated stopped consuming so much or at all um it just put me in a way safer dynamic sexually and I started to come how awesome is that yeah I love that Woohoo! how did you I guess because I think a lot of well, I find your story quite interesting because I haven't really heard it before, but I assume that there are a lot of women out there who have been through this same situation as you. And so I guess how did you put boundaries in place after that? Because mm. I think even for myself, like learning boundaries has been something I still struggle with. Yeah. And I, in, in your situation, when you're coming from this huge experience of 
all of these unrealistic expectations of how to perform sex and whatnot in such a violent way and getting so much positive reinforcement back to it. Mm-hmm. I guess entering new se- sexual experiences, how have you set those boundaries in place? I think I started setting the boundaries in place more um, confidently because I stopped being afraid to speak mm-hmm. and I stopped treating my life like um, one of those movies because that's another thing that porn does to your brain is that you just think, I'm in a scene right now. I'm mm-hmm. not actually here. You remove that and then you realise that you are having communication. There's a setup. You know, you go on a date or if you're lucky, you go on a date. (laughs) (laughs) Or you go to someone's house at three in the morning, whatever. (laughs) However you like to get it, go get it as long as you're safe. Um, But, yeah, I just I realised that I had a voice. I was able to use it and I just started saying, you know, I want this. I don't want this. I don't really like this. You can maybe do this. Ask me at the moment. Um, And, yeah, just... I guess just speaking and being unapologetically like, I don't want this Mm. or I do want this. I stopped feeling shame in what I liked sexually when I found out what I did like, which I will say has not, I have not had the best experiences with that because what I like is not conventional Mm. and it's not really seen in porn unless you pay for the good stuff. Mm. Um, Pay sex workers, please. It'll make (laughs) your life a lot better. Um, So, I guess that's maybe not the most exciting answer, but talking goes a long way. Yeah, well, I think that's incredible advice anyway, yeah. just having yeah. those cue words and stuff, not just being like straight up no, because I think some people struggle with just being able to say no, but Absolutely. The, oh, how about this and yeah. um, why don't we try this instead? Yeah, there are alternatives to everything. Mm-hmm. If someone mm-hmm. wants to choke you and you're not really into it, but you think maybe you'd be interested in choking that person, mm-hmm. just say, I don't know about that. I'm not really feeling it, but it would it be okay if I did that to you? Mm. Would you like that? You know, using just simple phrases like you said, just I'm I don't feel it. What about this? Can we try this instead? But also keeping in mind that no is a full sentence. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. And that if a dude's not respecting that, or a woman's not ex- ex- respecting that, or anyone's not respecting it, uh, just leave because you're allowed to leave. I think mm. that's another thing is that you think. Oh, I've already gone so far into this. I'm already at their house. Yeah. I'm already doing all this stuff. If I leave now, I'll be rude. I'll piss fuck them it. Off. Be fucking rude. Piss them off. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? At the end of the day, your safety is paramount. And mm-hmm. like, what? Fucking Brad's gonna get pissed off at you that you left <laughs> at one in the morning. Fuck him. Fuck Brad. Yeah, who fuck is he? him. Literally, who is this person? Fuck him. Who cares? I think if you start just being more. I guess, solid in your boundaries and not being afraid to piss people off. It'll work fucking wonders. I love that. Yeah. And also you'll come more. I'm going to keep saying it. We should come more. Yeah. Mm. God damn. Definitely should. Well, I've got a really important question to, I guess, wrap this up now, unless anyone has anything they'd like to talk about a little bit more. I'm scaring myself okay. with how much I'm talking. So. <laughs> no, this is so, amazing. Um, this has been awesome. This is yeah. actually yeah. a question we got asked from someone on our Instagram. Sorry, that <laughs> oh, didn't come shit. out. And so it's, it's really important. Bye. Fuck one, marry one, and kill one. <clears throat> Minor threat, bad brains, and black flag. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I don't think I can fuck minor threat because aren't they all straight edge? I think that that's like you can't have – can you have – you can have sex as a straight edge person. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, this is straight so edge out is of the, our straight edge, is, <laughs> straight edge is you don't drink alcohol, you don't smoke cigarettes, you don't uh, uh, okay, take gotcha. part in drugs. They mm. can definitely actually have sex though. 
Yeah. I'm going to start that answer again. <laughs> I'm going to start that answer again because one of my friends is very straight edge and he fucks. So I'm going yeah, to cut I'm sure that they out. do. Um, okay, so fuck. I don't want to fuck, marry, kill any of these people. What are the other ones? <laughs> you got to. Um, Black Flag. Um, Black Flag? Threat. Black Flag <laughs> is, well, it's Keith Morrison used to be the vocalist okay. and then Henry Rollins was the vocalist. Okay. And then there's been a slew so of different just vocalists. Just a huge punk band back oh, from like okay. the yeah. 70s? They started in, like, the early 80s. Um, I'm definitely going to make you cut all of this because people are going to be like, I don't want to hear about this. No, they're going to be like, (laughs) I think some people will. I would probably kill Minor Threat. My apologies. Um, I'd probably Because they're straight edge? Is that why? Not because they're straight edge, (laughs) but because, um, I don't know, I think that Ian Mackay is maybe a bit of a dick. I'll have to Google that when I get home. (laughs) Cool. Um, I'd say fuck Black Flag just because Henry Rollins back in the day is so hot. So I definitely fuck them. Um, and then I'd probably marry Bad Brains because of how influential they were to and are to the punk scene. Wow. And hardcore scene. Cool. Awesome. Guys. That is a very important question. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the pod, Mina. This was such an amazing chat and I wish that we had more time to talk about this because I, I feel like we only just, like, scrape the edges of certain things. But I talk a lot. So no. if none of these answers make sense, uh, don't email me, don't DM me. <laughs> I will not be taking further questions at this you time. You can DM but us, if though. you want to yeah. troll her for not liking ABBA. Yeah. Oh, oh, my oh, God. Why did you bring that up? <laughs> I, I did not know this information. I know. This is like Everyone a... Finds, everyone finds out and everyone just hates me for it. I just, it's a personal preference. I just want to play Mamma Mia now to piss you off. Oh, please don't. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Revolting Women. We hope you were able to learn at least one new thing from us today. Please subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a review as it helps more people find us. You can follow us on Instagram at Revolting Women Podcast or click the link in our show notes. You will be able to find the sources we referred to in this episode today. If you have any feedback, questions, episode topics, want to open up a discussion or come onto the podcast, we would love to hear from you. We would like to take this moment to also state that we are not the creators nor pioneers of this information and our aim is to build upon the pre-existing teachings that have informed us. We say thank you to the Black and Indigenous women of colour, LGBTQIA communities, activists and trailblazing feminists that have fought so we could thrive. If this episode has brought up any triggering feelings, please know that our DMs are open to you. You can contact mental health services such as Headspace, which is a free Australian youth-based service at 1800 650 890 or Lifeline at 131 114. Remove the stigma and reach out. See you next episode. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know.